This week, PlayStation's getting a Game Pass, Twitch is getting a band flag, and dating is getting a bit more dangerous. This is F5 Live, refreshing technology for Monday, December 6th, 2021. This show is a proud part of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Nope. Wherever you are and however you're accessing our show, whether it be on social media, uh, uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, through a podcatcher like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon Music, Spotify, TuneIn, or a myriad of other options through our live stream platforms, livestream.com, Twitch, and YouTube, or on our website, plughitslive.com. Thank you for making us a part of your day. There are a couple of ways that you can do that. Uh, The first is uh, normally (laughs) Sunday nights at 9 p.m. Eastern. You can go to f5live.tv slash join us. Obviously, tonight things are a little different, but uh, that's okay. Uh, When you join us live, whether it's on Sunday or another night, you can chat with us in the studio. Give us your feedback on the topics as we talk about them. If you're not able to join us live, that is okay as well. You can always go to pluckitslive.com slash subscribe, and there you'll see all of our shows, including F5 Live, The Pilch Point, Plug Hits Live Presents, First Looks, and a whole lot more. And of course, you'll find all the ways to watch, listen, and follow along. Well, Avram, uh, <laughs> this weekend got away from from uh, me, but that's okay, <laughs> because we're here tonight. Uh, how are you doing? All right, not bad. A little tired, but... Uh... But not bad. I have had a long uh, week and a half or so, but uh, but we're um, we're go- we're good now. <laughs> um, yeah. Lots of uh, lots of lots of stuff going on. Dealing with deals, uh, which there are still many deals going around. I uh, want to note for folks who saw me show this on a previous episode. Oh, it's plugged in, so plug is a little. Um, <laughs> Well, here you go. Anyway, the uh, that I put finally put up the review of this keyboard, the Akko 3098B. Uh, really love it. Um, so encourage folks to check it out at uh, Tom's Har- on the homepage of Tom'sHardware.com. Great uh, mechanical wireless keyboard with uh, with this with these keycaps. The keycaps alone are worth sixty bucks. Uh, because you can buy them on their own. They're essay-style keycaps that give you just this really great retro terminal feel. Um, great for typing. Anyway, uh, definitely check definitely check that out. Because I was up uh, I was up late the other night finishing my review on this, trying to figure out what <laughs> movies it reminded me of. So that was some part of my research. For example, the clack on the switches not that these not these switches here because these are the ones i substituted in which are the uh which are kale box white switches but the uh other unit i had which had uh what are called cs jelly white uh switches uh the clack and the look and the feel reminded me a lot of matthew broderick's computer and war games oh. and uh and 
Uh, funny story, I was mentioning that at work, and it turns out that most of the sub-40-year-old people I work with have never seen War Games. What? That's crazy. Yes. That's a great movie. How? However, they say that they know the they know that the only way to win a game is not to play or whatever, but they don't know why they know that. Um, <laughs> they're like, I said, "Oh, you war games? Oh, yeah, that's the part where they tell you that the only way to win this game is not to play." But I have no idea what else the movie is about. Um, so fascinating. <laughs> but you know, so I was trying to figure out, like, oh, I guess the clack of it and the look of it reminds me a bit of his keyboard and and that. And then I was like, but once you switch it up to the clicky keys, it reminds me a little bit of Lois Lane's uh, typewriter in uh, in Superman. Because uh, I was trying to think of movies where people type really fast in a newsroom. Okay. And the only two that I could come up with were All the President's Men and... Um, and super that people would know and superman the movie and all the president's men they're using royal typewriters which are not um really comparable to a computer keyboard at all so i don't know do you have any thoughts of uh movies where you can think of people typing really fast especially in a newsroom environment or something banging out the story question no uh, obviously my my mind on the question immediately goes to anything Superman related. Cause that's, I mean, maybe, maybe in the background of something Spider-Man-y, but cause you know, yeah. Jonah Jameson is a, is a Although big part of that. All but, of the no. Spider-Man movies came out since people were using computers. Yeah. A lot in the, uh, in the newsroom. Cause the first Spider-Man was two movie was 2002. So yeah. they would have had computers in the newsroom then. So it right. has to be something from like the seventies, or, or earlier to really have people typing on a keyboard. But if right. you want it to be like a Selectric style keyboard, it has to be more toward the late 70s. So, you know, anyway, these this is what takes so long in writing a review. I have to figure out the exact analogy that works correctly and then figure out how many people my age and young or younger than my age will get it. Right. That's always That's always the problem with something like that. Especially when you're trying to come up yeah. with something that you know is is a significantly older movie because you're trying to get a particular sound. And you're like, well, there's no way half the readers yeah. or more are going to have any idea what I'm talking about. Yeah, exactly. They'll just have to infer. I mean, what can what can you say? I was I was surprised. I'm always surprised at the uh, you know millennials. Uh, and I guess Gen Z folks now that I work with who who haven't seen certain movies that I that I've seen. Um, on the other hand, you know, hey, I'm sure uh, people my parents' age would be surprised at some of the movies I haven't seen. So it's right. it's all fair. It's all fair to say. All I can say is Andrew, whom I work with, we're always just making fun of him for what he hasn't seen. So like one year he told us he had never seen Die Hard, right? So I bought him the Die Hard, uh, like <laughs> a Die Hard Blu-ray to make him watch it. And he's like, I w- I've seen this, but, you know, it doesn't seem very original. Because, <laughs> you know, he had he saw all the derivatives of it thereafter. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. So, um, by the way, uh, he's my shopping favorite. tip for the 
shopping tip for those who are who are shopping for like cute gifts. I got this from my wife the other day. There is a uh, a Die Hard Christmas book, a Die Hard Christmas like children's book, Carol book. Oh yeah. Um, that turns the whole story into like the night before Christmas. Um, <laughs> that you can get now, an illustrated one. So, I uh, I I recommend that. <laughs> okay, that makes me happy. Uh, <laughs> staying on the on the review uh, yeah. topic for just a second. Uh, for those who missed it. Uh, I was the first Friday speaker for uh, Amrock Fab Lab this month, uh, which was a lot of fun. The topic on Friday was, well, we started with talking about how we do reviews. And I covered you know, some of the stuff that we do internally at Plug Hits Live, as well as some of the stuff uh, that I know happens over uh, on Avram's side of the, the publication as well, over at Tom's Hardware, as... Obviously, I've I've done some stuff with you, and now Alante has done some stuff with you. So uh, that's been that was that was a lot of fun. Uh, that's available over on YouTube at uh, the Amarok Fab Lab um, uh, channel. Check that out; it's a lot of fun. I also talked about what we might expect to see from CES this year, um, which was a fun topic as well. Anyway, just wanted to put that out there because I don't usually get to do a whole lot of actual remote spots <laughs> and when I do I like to talk about them you I think are muted oh I'm sorry do you expect uh Omicron is going to affect uh attendance at CES or maybe uh, attendance of exhibitors maybe um I've certainly got a plan for uh taking advantage of all the space that I have to to push the control room downstairs so that upstairs <laughs> it's just it's just yeah. the studio so we can be a little separated ha that's that's cool uh, yeah i mean i i just mean i'm i'm expecting that we uh not us but one of my colleagues at tech radar or whatever actually interviewed some companies in the cta and you know that runs ces and i mean there's really nothing to report at this point but right. i know I know that there was some story about Samsung and LG getting ready to possibly not not come if if there were travel restrictions or whatever. So, you know, but I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, it. I don't know. I think everybody is is putting worst case scenarios in place, but you know, with what we know so far, it's hard to make any any decisions of any kind because you know it's all so so new and uh and unknown so we'll definitely see with time but i michelle's not happy about it but uh we've we've been prepared for about four or five months with a with a backup plan to be able to do uh the studio two story and and put the control room downstairs so we can separate upstairs so hopefully we don't have to do it, but we're prepared if we we're prepared if we do, fingers crossed. And I guess with that, before we get into the news, just a reminder that CES is coming real soon. Uh, if you have not uh, or if you want access to all the behind the scenes content as well as 
uh, the interviews that we will be conducting uh, as they are uh, as they are edited, not as they're published. Uh, you can go over to youtube.com slash plug hits live. And if you um, join our middle tier membership, the uh, the yellow shirt, then you can uh, get all of that content ahead of time. We're going to be editing uh, content, all of the floor interviews while we're there and making them available um, to our paid subscribers. It's only $6.99 uh, to get all of that content. So definitely go check that out. And we're going to be doing a whole lot of stuff this year that we've never done before. Um, we're going to have a live stream of the actual studio setup, which should be a lot of fun. Um, we're going to be doing uh, all kinds of of other interesting stuff uh, after shows uh, every day. Somebody's going to take a camera and just kind of wander around with it. Uh, should be a lot of fun. But we'll have more information about that coming up soon. And I think with that, let's get down to the news. This week's Nifty Gifties on F5 Live is proudly powered by the Microsoft Store. Whether you're looking for a new laptop, a tablet, desperately searching for an Xbox, uh, new games, or a whole lot more, you can get them at the Microsoft Store. And remember that current students, faculty, parents, and active military can save up to 10% on almost everything to browse the products that are available and any deals that are going on right now. You can go to f5live.tv slash Microsoft. All right, the latest update in the Apple Epic Games saga is here. <laughs> this time, we are closing in. As of today, we are just days away from the court's requirement that Apple implement the, the uh, policy to allow developers to use third-party payment systems. Um, we know that Apple is not happy about this. It is Epic Games' only win out of the, the 10 uh, counts that they charged against Apple. This is the only one that they won, and Apple has been looking for a way to get away, get around it, get away from it. Um, their first attempt, obviously a couple of weeks ago, we talked about that they tried to put an indefinite stay until all of the... Uh, all of the appeals have been exhausted, as we talked about uh, on that show. That could be, if you followed the, the Google Oracle trial, you know that that, I think, lasted for 11 years. So <laughs> the judge was not interested in, in that condition. So that was thrown out. Um, it seems like their latest attempt might be both... Um, a challenge to get developers on board with, as well as the judge, but more importantly, difficult to um, enforce. So the idea is that they want to charge a commission for external payments. Now, I have no idea how they're going to convince developers that this is acceptable, even more importantly, I have no idea how they're going to convince the judge that this is acceptable because how do they prove it? So let's let's pretend that Fortnite's still in the in the app store. I have a Fortnite account and I log on on my computer 
and I buy Fortnite credits. And then I go over to the iPhone app and I have Fortnite credits. Now I didn't buy them on the phone. I didn't buy them obviously through the app store, but I have them. They are available for me to use in, in purchase, in application. Now let's say I'm on the iPhone and I click purchase and I go and I see, oh, there's two ways to purchase. There's the app store, but I get a big discount for purchasing it from the website. So I go over to the website and then I decide, you know what? I don't actually want to buy them. Does Apple know? No. Let's say that I do buy them. Does Apple know? No. (laughs) So it's going to have to be the honor system? What in the world are we talking about here? Do you (laughs) have... I mean, I suppose they would have to audit it. I suppose they would have to audit it, right? I guess. But if Apple is going to charge a commission on a thing they're not involved in, who is going to give an accurate audit? <laughs> I mean, it seems like this is what cooking I, the I books mean, is designed for. I mean, I suppose, but I guess they could, you know, there's always the threat of a lawsuit if they find out that someone has been cooking it. Yeah. I mean, they're not the IRS, but still, if they contractually have to pay, pay Apple commission, and they're not doing it, then presumably Apple has a legally actionable, um, you know, if it's a contract, then they have a sure. course of action, right? And sure. and if that's what happens, I mean, look, who's going to be using this third party, these third party payment systems? Not mom and pop app developers, you know, Maybe. most likely it's going to be. Maybe. I and mean, they're not going to develop their own. No, but they might use Stripe. A lot of companies use Stripe. Right. So it's easy enough for Apple to go after Stripe. It's easy enough for Apple to go after Epic Games. It's easy enough for Apple to make sure that they are getting some type of audit of the books of those companies. Sure. But the, the developer would have to tell, would essentially have to tell Stripe themselves that it's coming from the app store because stripe's not going to know that naturally necessarily yeah i guess you're right i mean which which brings it back to a bit of an honor system situation i mean i'm sure it's a bit of an honor system but don't first of all i'm sure that the hassle if Apple makes it enough of a hassle to, to, to basically show your books. Um, then they're also encouraging anyway. people not to do it anyway. So you can't, uh, you can't win. And of course, if they want a cut of what you do with your own payment system, then what they're really saying is we're going to get our cut one way or the other. Right. Yeah. The problem is I can't imagine that this judge is going to accept this as because uh, it it definitely violates the spirit of what the the court ruling yeah. is. Um, yeah, they could be held in contempt of court, which would not be good for them, for sure. Yeah, I mean, look, imagine what would have happened to the PC if the PC ecosystem. <laughs> 
had if someone had developed app stores in 1980 or 1981 mm-hmm. when the first IBM PC came out or 78 I guess when the Apple II came out uh the chilling effect on innovation in the PC era would have been incredible like you think of all the all the different programs and games and all that stuff that came out because people didn't need to ask um, the permission of the hardware vendor and they didn't need to ask the permission of the OS vendor. Um, But now you have a world where um, on phones, on Apple phones, there's no way to get around getting Apple's permission if you wanna make an app for that platform. No and good way. On an- and on Android, you know, it's possible, but not very easy, not easy enough that pe- most people would do it. Right. Uh, so, and, and, you know, obviously Apple and Microsoft would love to implement this type of walled garden on the desktop too, if they could. I mean, Microsoft has the Microsoft store. They would love it if you could only install stuff from the Microsoft store, that's what windows 10 S was all about was right. a, a backhanded way to force you to install things from the Microsoft store. So it's, I mean, yes, the company OS vendor, uh, or, and, or the hardware vendor, which in the case of Apple is the same, the same company, mm-hmm. of course, they want to use their market position of like, holding the keys to the castle to control what software gets on there and to get their cut of it. But that's an extremely anti-competitive position when you're opening, when you've created an entire ecosystem that should be an open marketplace. Right. Yeah. And that's, that was, that was the spirit (laughs) of the, uh, of the suit, right? Or at least of the ruling was, the, the judge basically said that you are inappropriately using your market position. And so here we are. And now they're saying, oh, yeah. Oh, we were inappropriately using our market position. Well, let's continue to do that, but in a new way. I I truly feel like this judge is not, oh, is not going to sit back and take this. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and uh, good good for them if that's what happens. Because, I mean... This is a very anti-competitive position that Apple has taken throughout the lifetime of the iPhone yeah. uh, and the lifetime of iOS. Uh, Google's position is Google basically has a very good CYA in that you can sideload. But on the other hand, I bet if you did a survey of of users, how many have sideloaded an app, mm-hmm. uh, you would find way less than 1% of people have ever done it. Yeah, almost certainly. Yeah. And I, so I can tell you from personal experience that there are ways to sideload an app onto an iPhone officially, not, not breaking any Apple things. There are ways, but they are not easy. Um, and they are not permanent. Um, for, for those who have, who have watched us, uh, with some of our other content, particularly, uh, Roboticon, you might, have seen us playing Hado over at Amrock. Uh, that's all done with iPhones and iPod touches. And uh, that app is side-loaded officially. 
with support, but it has to be reinstalled every 30 days, <laughs> which is its own pain in the butt, obviously. So uh, even when it's officially supported and done through an enterprise development certificate, it still times out after 30 days. <laughs> so... Yeah, they, they make it so hard for you that it's basically impossible. Exactly. So that's that's not a lot of fun. And uh, I can tell you from experience this week that Terry has shaken devices out of frustration with with the process because it is very much not a lot of fun. But this, this is going to be, obviously, we said early on that this is far from over. In fact, it is probably just getting started. So we will uh, definitely keep you posted on any next steps. This week's Pilch Point with Avram Pilch is proudly powered by Pure VPN. The best way to protect your privacy online is with Pure VPN. You can hide your online activities, say goodbye to regional restrictions, and uh, improve your streaming quality. Plus, it's available for almost all of your devices. You can get a special price and a 31-day money-back guarantee right now by going to pilchpoint.live slash purevpn. All right, so it's uh, we're still in the holiday season. We're just... <laughs> just getting going right uh and again there are some items people are going to want that are a challenge to find right now yes so we we went through uh the big deals week black friday cyber monday and of course what a lot of people were looking for is something that's really hard to find and even harder to find on any kind of sale and that is a high-end graphics card or frankly any graphics card uh, because the only real, the biggest sale we saw on a graphics card was somebody selling, um, Newegg selling a NVIDIA GT730 card for $70. Uh, for those who haven't been keeping track, the GT730 card uh, is from 2014. So what people what, what people want today, obviously, is they want uh, an NVIDIA... 30 series card or maybe an amd radeon uh 6600 6700 6800 or 6900 card so how do you get them well first of all let's talk prices yes you can get these cards the question is can you get them do you want to pay what people are paying so if you go to ebay you can find somebody probably a reputable seller selling selling cards for significantly more than their MSRPs ever were. So uh, we, we survey this periodically. The average eBay price for an RTX 3080 card is $1,720. Uh, that card was supposed to cost $799. The average price for a... 3060 card is 749. That's a card that's supposed to be 399. So 
you are paying often double or close to double the what the what the original price was now there's a way to be and you're paying it to a scalper how else can you get these cards that people want well one way is to go and look on if you go look on Amazon or one of those places, you will be seeing similar to new egg prices, uh, similar to eBay prices, because uh, there are third party sellers who will pop up there and be selling them for a similar price, perhaps even a higher markup because of the, the additional vendor fees. Uh, new egg has the new egg shuffle. That is a um, basically a lottery uh, a, that you can enter every uh frequently to for the opportunity to buy a card but uh your chance of winning is very very slim and uh if you do win you may have to buy that card at as part of a bundle with maybe bundle with something you don't want so where do, where does this leave you well occasionally if you if you live near a micro center occasionally and there's 21 micro centers in the united states if you live near a micro center uh sometimes they will have cards in stock at msrp uh but that is not but people are wise to micro center and it's also very common for them to be sold out there um so another possibility is and this is the best possibility is buy a computer that already has the card inside. And there you can actually get a pretty good deal where you are basically paying around MSRP or maybe MSRP plus 50 plus 50% uh, for the card. So to, to take a look, for example, uh, if I, if I share my screen for a sec, we'll go, we'll go shopping for a minute. So let's, all right. So, so let's go shopping. So the, if we go and we look at, there's a few places to go, to go looking for RTX 3080 uh, desktops. Um, laptops are also a possibility, but consider that, uh, consider that laptops are going to give you slightly lower performance on the card because they're a mobile card. So uh, you can often look at deals at a place like Newegg and go into the PCs and laptops section and look for an RTX 3080 powered, powered desktop and you may find one or you may find one that a, a laptop with it, but um, well, these are ones that were on sale. What if we're not on sale? Uh, you can see that things are really running running slim. Uh, you you can also, by the way, buy the actual cards, but as we're say, as we've seen, you are paying a really big markup. Actually, fifteen sixty four is is cheap compared to what the average selling price is for a thirty eighty card. But um, your best bet is often to look for the desktop. So. You may find one at Dell. If you, for example, go to uh, deals.dell.com and you go in here, you may find that there is an Alienware 
selling with a card you want. Maybe it's a 3060, maybe it's a 3080. And usually the usually if you price out what the other components are worth, you're paying no more than a 50% premium on the graphics card, sometimes a lot less. So uh, for example, here's a 3070 desktop uh, that is going to be going for 1949. And it has pretty decent other specs. So if you decided, hey, I, I'm willing to buy a whole new, a whole new desktop uh, and upgrade everything, this might not be a bad idea. On the other hand, um, what you could do is you could, you could shock your your desktop. Um, Although I have to say, when we used the word shock in the office, nobody got what we were referring to. Do do you get it, Scott? I don't know. Okay. Um, so, so there was a there's a tendency with people who want to get a hard take get an external hard drive, let's say, and they want. Um, can see that a lot of things are sold out right now, even at Best Buy. Uh, but here, here's one, $23.99. So to sh with, there's a tendency of people who, who are buying um, external hard drives and they want to use them as an internal hard drive. There's a process called shucking, which is that they just take the internal hard drive. They, it's like a piece of corn. They take the internal hard drive out of the external hard drive. They say that they shucked it. So we are saying you could buy a desktop like this one. And if you wanted to, you could um, you could take it and resell the rest of the desktop to someone and just keep the graphics card. Now, you may, there's some, you know, gotchas here. Depending on what system you buy, you may not be getting the top of the line 3080 or 3070 graphics card. It may be, you know, it may be just one with, you know, plain coolers. Also, if you, you know, you have to find a buyer for the rest of the system. It certainly helps if you get a system that also has integrated graphics. So, uh, for example, this one uses a KF CPU, which means no, no integrated graphics. So if someone were to buy this, they would need to bring their own graphics card. Uh, granted, the easiest thing to do is just to decide, hey, I want this PC and buy the whole computer. Uh, because think about think about it this way. You're paying, you would pay, so we just saw for $2,400, you, you get a computer with a terabyte, with a 500 gigabyte SSD, a terabyte hard drive, Core i7 processor and 16 gigs of RAM and your power supply and our, and you know, RGB fans and, and all that for, for $2,400. So consider that the card inside of it is worth about $1,700. So what are you paying for the rest of the computer? $700. Or if you were to price out what the rest of the computer is worth, you would probably find that the card itself was only being marked up 40 or 50%. So that is your absolutely best bet for getting a graphics card this holiday season. Uh, it's unfortunate that it's not so easy to go out and and get uh, graphics cards by themselves at anywhere close to the MSRP. 
I guess you can thank a combination of overall supply chain issues and, uh, and the fact that demand is surging because of, uh, because of these, a lot of these cards being used for crypto mining. Yeah. Oh, excuse me. Yeah. That all, all of that sucks. Plus, plus, you know, we've got, in addition to supply chain, we've actually got manufacturing issues uh, in this particular case. There's yeah, everything. Everything's coming together into a perfect storm of garbage. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, for a lot of products, uh, but graphics part cards just... have been one of the hardest hit. It really, I mean, graphics cards are the hardest hit, period. You can now get CPUs yeah. at, at around MSRP. You can get them now. You, there was a time when it was hard to come by a Ryzen, uh, you know, Ryzen 5000 series. Not so. You can now get them. Not that they're getting to be super cheap, but you, you can get them. You can now get Intel's new Alder Lake 12th gen CPUs. Uh, not a problem. Some of them actually are on really good sales. Uh, just today, I saw that the 12700K, the Core i7 12700K, uh, is at a low price of 399 So, wow. These, so, which, you know, I guess all time low is strange for a CPU that's only been out for a month. So, all time in a month, but uh, these things are going on sale. You are able to get CPUs, you are able to get motherboards. You were able to get RAM. You were able to get SSDs. And there have been actually some great prices on SSDs. They're even, even though there's some shortages abound, they're even decent prices uh, on gaming monitors. And, and there have been some fantastic sales on power supplies, cases, fans. So the one piece that is really missing from the PC building pie is the graphics card that's but it's an extremely important piece and so unless of course you are just planning to do productivity work on there but in that case you're probably not spending a lot of money on the other components either so yeah i mean these unfortunately are the best ways that you can right now get a graphics card because the companies that make the desktops seem to have no problem getting their hands on cards yeah and as as someone who works for a company that's behind that that uh i don't know resource wall uh even that side is starting to have some trouble which is probably the reason why when you were looking there were there were computers that were uh low or missing inventory because even on that side yeah uh, my brother was looking for a card um, today, and you know I have access behind that that resource wall, and we're sold out on everything ourselves. So it it does not look like it's it's getting better. It appears to be getting worse. I mean, keep in mind that there were some big sales last week, so a lot of people bought things. Like there was a fantastic deal that we featured on a thermal take reactor desktop. I did not even realize, I should have realized that thermal take makes their own desktop PCs. Did you know that? I had no idea. 
I mean, Thermal Take is known for making cases and fans and peripherals of all sorts. Really yeah. nice stuff. But they also make pre-built PCs, and they had one which is now out of stock, and we had put it up as a deal on our site. Uh, $2,300, you got uh, their Thermaltake Reactor 380, which had a Ryzen 7 5800X CPU, RTX 3080 graphics, 16 gigabytes of, of RAM, their, their RAM, their RGB RAM, uh, a one terabyte, like, speedy, uh, Gen 4 SSD, uh, you know, their fancy, their fancy tower case with like glass on three sides, their fancy liquid cooler, uh, you know, and all their RGB goodness and all that stuff. So like really premium, not junky parts. Uh, and it was only, uh, 2,300. So, Oh, wow. To me, that was like a fantastic. It was reduced from twenty five to twenty three, so it was actually even on sale. So, like, you know, that's there were some deals last week. Um, I think as we're, I think a lot of things got cleaned out. Um, yeah. Now for twenty three hundred, you can get a thermal take reactor with the thirty seventy card, uh, and a Ryzen five <laughs> CPU. But otherwise, I guess the same specs in the same case. Uh, and that's still pretty decent for a 3070. But of course, I think what I think that the part that people want the most is is 3080 at this point. At least that's what our search volume tells us. Yeah, it's uh, it's what my brother was looking for. Uh, they are uh, definitely a challenge to find. Well, I imagine uh you've you've probably got uh yeah this kind of advice so and uh and some other stuff do. over on the site yes we have on our site uh three stories uh one on rtx 3080 where to find it where to find deals rtx 3070 where to find deals and rtx 3060 where to find deals granted it's getting harder it is getting harder as we get further into the holiday season but uh you can still find some things on sale very cool. Well, uh, I know everybody who's looking for one of these <laughs> will appreciate uh, the advice and the, the article on where to find stuff. And as always, I look forward to what we talk about next time. This week's Extra Life on F5 Live is probably powered by Loot Crate. Whether you're a gamer, an anime fan, or pop culture aficionado, Loot Crate has got a crate for you. They curate a bundle of collectibles, apparel, figures, and more that you can't find anywhere else. They get delivered to your door. It is like getting an awesome birthday present from yourself every month. And to learn more about the crates that are available and some deals that they're running, you can go to f5live.tv slash lootcrate. Um, so we're going to talk about PlayStation, and we're not going to talk at all about the revelation uh, from this weekend. 
uh, from yesterday. That is outside of our outside of our purview. Instead, what we're going to talk about is that PlayStation looks to be realigning their services offerings to uh, come a little closer in line with what Microsoft has done with the Xbox Game Pass. Um, PlayStation currently has most, if not all, of the components that uh, that Game Pass has. Uh, but what they don't have is one easy-to-understand, streamlined approach. Obviously, Microsoft has got Xbox Live, and then they've got Game Pass, PC, uh, console, and then Ultimate. Um, and that one combines both of them and also gives you the, um, uh, the, the mobile beta right now, the streaming beta. Uh, PlayStation has got... PlayStation Plus, which gives you some free games. They've got uh, PlayStation Now, which is the streaming stuff, um, but they're disconnected and not, you know, <laughs> when you have Game Pass, you have Xbox Live. You know, you get <laughs> these things just make sense down the line. And uh, so PlayStation is working on what is currently being called Spartacus, and that's that's their uh, internal development name. Uh, and it sounds like it's going to be a three-tier option, if that sounds at all familiar. Um, the first tier will essentially be what is today PlayStation Plus. Um, it'll give you your online gameplay and uh, and the couple of free games every month, all the things that you expect from PlayStation Plus. The second tier sounds like it's going to possibly add PlayStation 4 and 5 games in a in a Game Pass style offering uh, where you'll be able to download the games directly to your console. Um, and with, you know, with a, a first-party catalog the size that Sony has, Sony has always, uh, you know, had a lot of first-party uh, first titles. That would give them a lot of content right off the bat. Um so that, that would be probably a good deal, depending on the price. And then uh, the top tier um, would essentially be what we now look at as PlayStation Now, uh, which is Xbox Cloud Gaming, uh, which is in the top tier of Xbox Game Pass. So it sounds like they're realigning kind of what they already have and adding some new stuff in, um, in, this, in this new structure. And it makes total sense. Because Microsoft has absolutely been killing it. Every game publication calls Xbox Game Pass Ultimate the best deal in gaming. Um, the fact that it comes with EA Play on PC and console really makes it hard to hard to, to argue against. So I think Sony needs something like this. And with all their first party titles, they've got a lot of stuff to offer right off the bat. Um, I think that's most interesting about all of this is that it could be released as early as uh, spring of 2022. So we could be hearing an official announcement about this soon to get hype uh, in the way that Game Pass was announced uh, and then launched. Uh, we might be hearing some official stuff about this real soon, Avram. Uh, I mean, good. They They need to catch up, right? Yeah, I mean, PlayStation Five and Xbox Series X have 
have parity in terms of the hardware pretty much yep. right um so each one of them has to stand out in other ways either they have to stand out with exclusives which are getting fewer and fewer mm-hmm. or they have to stand out with or they have to stand out with services xbox is standing out with its service playstation needs to catch up absolutely and you know if they really wanted to uh sony owns uh video streaming platforms as well right something that microsoft doesn't have we talked about that what maybe just last week um that they don't have their own streaming platform and so the halo series is coming to paramount plus um if they wanted to they could create a tier that included uh streaming content from their own library what would they what would it be what would sony i mean what would sony use well uh they they own what they own crunchyroll i think uh yeah, Sony owns Crunchyroll, so they already have uh, an infrastructure for a streaming platform. Um, and if they wanted to, they could uh, they could fully like they could just make Crunchyroll a part of of one of the Spartacus tiers if they wanted to, or use that infrastructure and brand it differently and offer other Sony content up for streaming all through PlayStation. There. There is some stuff that Sony could do if they wanted to down the line to really enhance this that Microsoft just doesn't have the access to because, you know, Xbox game... Nope, Xbox... Media Studios? No. Oh, I can't remember what it was called now. <laughs> Xbox something studio. Um, uh, is gone. Several years ago, gone. Uh, so... The only thing that came out under the under that brand was the Atari documentary uh, before it was completely axed. So, you know, Sony has Sony has a one up on them in that in that arena. So, you know, you talk about wanting to stand out. That would be a way to do it. So lots of first party stuff from them. So that would be. That would be a, a cool way to do it. We don't know exactly when we'll hear about this. My guess is that they're going to let the holidays cool off a little bit, and then we'll hear about whatever Spartacus gets called on the other side. Um, hopefully, they'll have a better... Hopefully, it's not some terrible name that just includes the word plus, like everybody else. Um Hopefully, because I'm I'm getting tired of that naming convention. Hopefully, it'll be something a little more interesting than that. This week's news from the tubes and F5 Live is proudly powered by Malwarebytes. Whether you use a PC, a Mac, or a mobile device, Malwarebytes Premium is the company's strongest protection ever. It fights threats that traditional antivirus software can't stop, uh, like worms, rogues, dialers, and a whole lot more. Plus, uh, it, allow- it allows you to use your computer and mobile devices 
uh, with confidence and peace of mind. To learn more and to get a special price, you can go to f5live.tv slash malwarebytes. All right, so this story is a little different than what we usually cover, um, although it is in the privacy and <laughs> security category, which does make it uh, right up our alley for this for this section. Uh, there are a lot of uh, dating scams happening right now. Obviously, we have always said in a variety of different ways, uh, uh, anytime people congregate in a place, people will take advantage of it, right? Uh, Apple for years said, look, we're the best platform because there's no malware. And it was because they were selling three computers a year. And <laughs> so there was no value to attacking Apple's platform. Now people actually use the computers, they've got the phones, and so malware has started to show up on those platforms. And the same thing is happening uh, on dating apps right now. More and more people are heading in that direction. Obviously, the last two years of lockdowns and isolation and loneliness uh, have drawn a lot more people over to dating apps. And as, as people are getting more comfortable in the real world, they're wanting to meet people. And so things like Tinder, Bumble, or even the, uh, the straight-up hookup apps have become real popular. And so uh, instead of a Nigerian prince email, um, you're now getting these, uh, these dating app scams. And we've got a couple of them to talk about. And I can tell you from personal experience that both of these are happening. Um, I have seen both of them in action literally this week. Uh, so the first one is a cryptocurrency scam. It's a really interesting one. Uh, and detailed. What'll happen is, let's say you're on Tinder and you match with somebody and they seem interesting, they seem interested, you have a good back and forth, but something feels a little off. But you figure, okay, I've matched with somebody from Asia who has just moved here to the United States, so maybe it's the language barrier, right? So you, you get to talking, you get real comfortable with them, they get clingy real quick, and then they start talking about what they, uh, what they do for a living. Usually, in my experience, it's either finance or import-export, and they're going to talk to you about cryptocurrency. Now, that should be your first flag, um, because in, in my experience, people who talk too much about cryptocurrency in general <laughs> can be a little annoying. But uh, in this case, they're going to tell you, that they care about you a lot and they're making a lot of money using this platform and so they want you to be able to participate and they're going to send you a screenshot. We've got a screenshot over on the website. If you go to plughitslive.com, you'll get to see uh, what the, the screenshot will look like. It will always be from a mobile device. It's a blue, uh, it's, a, it's a dark screen with a white rounded corner box with another white rounded corner box over top and it's going to show that they just made a bunch of money. The example that I have uh, shows that they made seventy-five grand in one trade. Um, now, here's the thing: the platform they're using doesn't exist. It is all garbage. <laughs> uh, the way it works is that uh, you go and you buy a particular cryptocurrency on somewhere legitimate, Coinbase, Crypto.com, whatever and then you transfer it 
to the wallet on this trading platform. Sarcasm quotes for those of you who are just listening. Uh, trading platform. And your new match, your new love that you've connected with on Tinder or Bumble or whatever um, will tell you, start small. Do something small. I do this all day. I watch the numbers and I'll tell you when to hit go. If you hit go when they tell you to, you're going to win. You're gonna, it's going to show that you made some money. If you do it on your own, you won't. And the reason is because they hit a button in the back end that says, make it a win. Uh, and that's, that's what happens. Um, and then, you know, you get a success. You see, ooh, I made like 15% return. Well, maybe next time I'll put some more money in. And so you build up, you build up, you build up. The thing is, this isn't a trading platform. There is no way to get your money back. When you try to do a withdraw, um, they come up with rules that are nowhere on their platform. You need to verify yourself. Send us a picture of your driver's license. Do not send them a picture of your driver's license. Um, oh, you don't have enough money on the platform. You can't withdraw until you have $7,500 on the platform. Why? Well, because they're just trying to get you to trick you into putting more money in the platform. Don't do it. All of it's nonsense. I have a couple of links on the, on the website in my experience, and I'll tell you, this is so common that I am seeing f about four of these a week right now. Um, the domain is different. I've seen several different domains. The three that I have listed here on the article, all three of them don't exist anymore. Um, they've all been taken down probably by their hosts. Um, but they always end in .vip. Uh, as their top-level domain. My experience is .vip is almost always a scam. Uh, I did one of those, you know, top-level domain scanners, and .vip seems to have about a 3% uh, legitimacy rating, and everything else is scams. So. so, in other words, if you're running a business and you're looking for a website, don't register a .vip mm -hmm. because it will look bad. Exactly. .vip, and unfortunately for Google, .xyz has a 6% legitimacy rating. And that 6% are only the ones owned by Google, it seems like. Um, oh, I can name you a .xyz site that is actually very legit. Okay. And is not owned by Google. Okay. However, so we've got one. <laughs> I got one. It's a really good one, too. Okay. Uh, although we have a... Although we have a uh, a chart with some of this information on Tom's hardware, but excellent. The premier place to get uh, the pinout for your Raspberry Pi is pinout.xyz. Excellent. Uh, it is, it is, uh, I'm not sure who runs it, but it's been around a long time. And not only do they have the pinout for a regular, the regular 40 pin Raspberry Pi, but they have like, like the pin usage for a lot of the major hats like and just nice. like they've got like a lot of a lot of nice data there and um and like a lot of things that i a lot of uh devices that i've gotten and things i've gotten from raspberry pi specifically have printed on them like want information go to pinout.xyz so nice uh so, okay. And so that's, that is that's an example. That's an, that's an example. <laughs> right. That's an example of 
that that just because it's .xyz or .vip doesn't guarantee that it's that it's a scam. It, I think there were three oh. percent. I think there were three percent and six percent. But, um, but if you're looking Pinout to is register, actually run by Phil Howard, who is developer for uh, Pimeroni. Okay. Uh, I strangely, as it turns out, and I just figured this found this out. Uh, Phil is going to be a guest on my on my show tomorrow, talking about some other stuff. Uh, <laughs> Uh, talking about some other new Pimeroni stuff, but any anyway, yeah. So it's run by by someone from Pimeroni, but a very trustworthy resource. Anyway, it's, it's an exception. Possible. Yeah, it's also possible yeah. that XYZ has gotten better. Uh, the last time I scanned XYZ, I think was a year ago, so it may have gotten better in that in that time. But it got hit real hard up front, and VIP seems to have been hit hard just in general. Uh, I don't know if the domains are just cheap to register or what it is, um, but yeah, um, if it's if somebody sends you a .vip domain on on Tinder or Bumble, run away, <laughs> no matter what it is. Yeah. Um, but also, it's also important to note that they're also going to ask you to move to WhatsApp, and I'm going to tell you why. WhatsApp runs on phone numbers, and most people are not me and don't have a dozen plus Google voice numbers with area codes all over the country uh, that are not used for their two-factor authentication um, or uh, recovery information for email, banking, things like that. So if you, if you switch over to WhatsApp, well, now they have your phone number. And so now there are certain ways that you can do uh, SIM card attacks and things like that to get text messages for two-factor authentication. So now maybe they can get into your bank account. So none of this, no part of this is good. Do not, and this is not even part of the article, do not <laughs> switch uh, to WhatsApp in a conversation from a dating app. Uh, without it being based on some random Google Voice number that you have created just for this. So, period. so how can them sending you a text message allow them to use two-factor authentication for your bank account? So there are ways. Um, there are what are called SIM SIM hijack attacks. I think is what it's called, um, where they can actually get in between. Uh, the carrier and and your SIM card and grab text messages out of the out of the network. Uh, I do not know how it works. I'm not going to pretend to have any idea how it works. Um, I just know that it is becoming more and more common, and it can be done with a little board that I have sitting in my uh, in my desk out in the uh, office. But I do not understand how it works. I'm not going to pretend to have any idea. Um, but now that everybody is running on Sims, now that that uh, even Sprint is not uh, CDMA since they're LTE now, uh, everybody's on Sims, so all the carriers have the ability to to uh, be vulnerable to this. I don't know how it works. I just know it's possible. Now, is it common? No. But is it possible? Yes. And so giving that information out to a possible or in this case guaranteed scammer bad idea 
Um, anyway, so don't don't do this. No part of this is good. Um, I I I personally uh, in in a research project went a little ways into this process to be able to see how it works, um, and it is detailed and fascinating, and you. It could easily fall for it because all of it looks legitimate on the on the surface, except that the domain is .vip. Uh, on the surface, every part of this looks legitimate. If you just assume that you're talking to somebody who has just moved here from China or Hong Kong, the English is going to be a little broken, and all of that is going to uh, make it seem a little more legitimate. Don't fall for it, uh, and it is happening a lot. I did some research. Well and I saw people uh, getting this on Tinder, on Bumble, on Grindr, um, and there was one other main major dating or hookup platform uh, where this was happening. So. So wouldn't just basic common sense uh, be the be the uh, the guiding principle here anyway, like? You don't want to take advice, financial advice, or give out personal information to a stranger. If you meet someone on, if you're talking to someone online and you want to see if they're legit, I think the least thing that you could do is try to arrange a video chat with them, which right. they could still be fooling you, but there's at least a higher, somewhat of a higher bar there that they have to at least, you know, show up for that sure. uh, and you know even so you even so you shouldn't uh you know give out information to someone if you sh if you find secure ways to chat with them don't give out your phone number don't give out so i guess giving out your phone number even these days might be a problem because if they could use the number to intercept yep. uh your 2fa so i do I do everything through a Google Voice number. That's why I have so, a dozen or more of them in different areas. So right. So if you're so if you're dating, maybe use a different phone number for for calls. Right. Uh, and don't give out any financial information. Don't get any financial advice. Mm -hmm. uh, don't take any financial advice from anyone. Uh, assume, you know, uh, trust but verify. I guess. And right. if you're and try to take, uh, you know, try to take someone to a, a level where they have to be a little more honest with you. Right. Video chat, maybe you know, eventually meet in person somewhere public or whatever. But yep. like, you know, you got to build up. Uh, you know, I don't know. If people lost their mind. I mean, you got to build up a uh, trust for people. I mean, has nobody watched Catfish? Right? I know. I So in my research for this, I found a couple of forums where people report fraud on domains, similar to the phone number lookups, where you get a phone number, a phone call, you know, like True Caller, right? Um, but for mm -hmm. domains, where you can go and see people talking about uh, problems with domains, and all three of these had people talking, and all of them had people who had been scammed out of at least... $35,000 each. See, that's really not smart. I mean, granted, 
there were people who were not smart and gave information to who they thought was a Nigerian prince years ago. So right. I guess there's a sucker born every minute, but like, don't, you know, these people that you meet online are strangers. Right. Do not trust strangers. Like, yeah. yes, and you can fairness, meet people and you can. In yeah. fairness, you're not giving them information, at least not as far as you know. <laughs> you're signing up for a, a trading platform on which you can make money. And because cryptocurrency is so, so foreign to most people, they don't understand how it works. And so this is a, a clever uh, place to, to trick people who are, who are kind of new to cryptocurrency, even people who aren't, uh, who do understand it a little bit. I saw uh, people getting scammed for tens of thousands I so. would not take financial advice from somebody that I met on a dating service, period. Yeah. Unless we had been like met in person and been dating for a few months. Right. I would not. And you, uh, and you know that their I, lifestyle is what they say it is. Yes. I would not take financial. Just just don't. No matter what it is. Like if yeah. they tell you to, you know open a bank account somewhere, buy a bond, buy a stock. Don't listen. You don't know this person. Okay. And if the first thing that they want to do is give you financial advice, then they're not a very good, they're not a good match for you. True. Cause they, they want something out of you right away. That's not good. They're trying to be your friend. No, but, but Avro, nobody is a friend that way. They, they, they're, they're having so much success with this and they want you to have success too. That's the, that's the, that's the ploy. That's the, uh, that's the, that's the trick. I'm, this works so well for me and I want good things for you as well. And if you do this, you'll have good things too. (laughs) But obviously meeting is, is the best way to, to verify that a person is a person, right? And that's where yeah. our second interesting new scam comes from. I have encountered this one once uh, so far, but I cannot imagine that it is the end, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's a dating verification scam. Now, this one preys on the human nature that we were just talking about, right? Where I don't know you. I have no reason to trust you. Wouldn't it be great if there was a way to verify that you are not a serial killer or something, right? There's, I've, there's been jokes about it on TV shows for years. Um, and in fact, we actually interviewed a company at collision in 2018, not for dating, but that actually does something like this, um, in real life. But the problem is this one (laughs) is not in real life. Uh, so what you'll do is you'll meet somebody on a date, on a dating app, on a, you know, on a hookup app, whatever you talk for a little while, they want to meet, but they don't trust you. I need you to, to verify that you're you and they're going to send you a link. Now I have lots of links for this particular scam. Uh, Cause this has been going on apparently for a little while, but it's uh, heating up right now. I think I have a dozen different domains that I was able to find that all fall under this same scam. Um, the website looks super legit. It looks like it's built on WordPress. It is not. Uh, it is actually a hard-coded site. Um, 
there are a couple of things right off the bat when you get there that are going to make you go, hmm. The phone number at the top uh, has the area code 300, which is a New York area code. But the phone number is not in U.S. format. Uh, it is... Uh, 343 instead of 334, which is the way we write the phone number here in the United States. Um, there's no parentheses, there's no dots, there's no nothing. It's a plus one, a space, three digits, space, three, di uh, four digits, space, three digits, which is not the U.S. Uh, formatting for a phone number. Um, so that's number one. The email address is the exact same as the domain at gmail.com. Now, some companies use Gmail or Yahoo or whatever, but in general, it's a bad idea. <laughs> and if it's the only red flag, maybe it's okay. But combined with some other red flags, you know, uh, let's see. Um, smart, smarthookups.com or smarthookups at gmail.com. Uh, no, that's something's... That combined with the phone number and a couple other things are a problem. So I went a little further because um, when I got this, I'm like, oh, no part of this could possibly be real. <laughs> Before I even went to the website, I'm like, no part of this is real. Uh, so at the bottom, there was an address, but it's not a real address because it's two addresses. <laughs> it was like 2512253. So two buildings, you know, whatever, New York, da, da, da. Um, so I went and I searched that address and I searched the phone number and that's how I found all the other domains because all of them are identical. Uh, the domains are exactly the same except for the hero image on the homepage, which is different based on who they're targeting. Some of them are targeting the LGBT community directly. Uh, some are targeting financial institutions, but the text itself identical right down to the typos. Uh, so I've got all those domains that we found on the on the website. Obviously, don't sign up for anything like this because it's going to need a lot of information. How do you verify that you're you without giving them a lot of information? The fact that it just so happens to coincide with the information that's required to steal your identity? Ah, don't worry about that. It obviously is, is on the up and up. Uh, Clearly, sarcasm. Uh, all of this is terrifying. Um, and once again, preying on, on a human desire. The first one is the desire to make easy money. Um, this one is on the, the, the human nature of not trusting somebody. So it's the other side of it, right? The first one is all about building trust. And this one's all about people who uh, don't trust you right off the bat. So... Uh, I've got a ton of information on this. Uh, what, what I'm interested in is uh, how many other people are experiencing this? I know I'm not alone because, like I said, on the first one, I found hundreds of posts about these domains and about these scams. But our viewers, have you experienced this particular either of these particular scams? And do you have domains that are different than the 15 or so that we have listed between the, the, the two scams here. Please let us know uh, in the comments, whether it be on the website or on YouTube or Twitch or wherever you are, tell us your story. We definitely want to share this. 
the more information we have, uh, the easier it'll be to help other people. And the easier it is that this article will come up when people search for this, if they're feeling like it's sleazy. Uh, we, we want people to see a thing that says, this is a dating scam. <laughs> if they search for one of these domains, that is our ultimate goal. So definitely help us out with that. Um, if you go over to the article, um, as, as we all know, uh, that in, in some ways helps uh, the page rank. So definitely go check out the article so we can try and get this thing trending and share it. Let your friends know. Let your single friends know that this is happening because... That second one in particular seems like the kind of thing that would be super easy to fall for because it's human nature to not trust people. So hopefully we can prevent other people from falling for this. And that is my that is my pitch, Abram. <laughs> that, uh, I mean, that's great. The I it when you were talking about those websites, all I could think is how successful would these scammers be if they were just a little bit better at web design right right like i mean you could really you could really do well if you checked like if they hired i, I mean i'm not volunteering or anything but if they <laughs> hired an american person like an american web designer to check the grammar and spelling on their site yeah. to check things like the phone number that seems seems far in to especially since it's right know. at the top of the website it's the top we've all seen the modern right. wordpress sites where there's the bar across the top with the phone number and the email right i mean and the phone number is in the make wrong a format. wordpress is free they could have made a real wordpress site like they, they didn't need to hard code it so they could have made a real wordpress site they could mm -hmm. have put a phone number on it that was in American format. They could have Word, uh, WordPress would format it. WordPress would f format it correctly for the country that it's for. Yeah. Uh, they could have <laughs> not used a Gmail address, right? They could have just right? used an address at the domain, like support at whatever the domain name is. Right. I or mean, if they wanted to look super modern, which is, of course, what this is trying to be, right? Look, this is a, mod a new modern way to verify somebody's identity. You go with hi at or hello at because uh, that's like the trendy thing to do with startups right now. You know, hi at uh, safedatingmatters.com. And people would be like, yeah, that's this is a startup. Right. Yeah, I mean, it. It just, it sounds, yeah, I'm looking at the safe dating matters right now. First of all, there's a lot of problems with like, it's funny how poor web design kind of, kind of tells you that a site is not, is not good because like, again, how easy would it be now? I wonder they have, I'm looking at this, they have an address, uh, at West 37th Street in New York City. Yes. Like that's so, four blocks from my off from my office, I should tell you. Really? Yes. Uh something like that, right? Because we are at 135 West 41st Street, and this is 221-223 West 37th Street. Uh so number two. You know, if this is number two. Which is a little weird because what number two usually, well, 
it, it depends. Maybe they're using numbers like that in that building. That would imply it was on the first floor. Uh, so the it so could, the first that could floor, be an apartment building. So okay, so the first floor. I know a lot about this building. The, the first really, floor, if you look this up already. Oh yes, I know a lot about this building. The first floor oh, okay. is a um, a designer, like a private design clothing designer, like outlet, like a sample sales type store. The second floor is. Um, a wedding boutique and an, uh, an appointment only wedding boutique, um, which by the way, their email address, if y'all are listening from the, the wedding boutique, um, your email address is at yahoo.com. I just said that <laughs> that's a flag. You should fix that anyway. Um, and then the third floor up is apartments. Yeah. So, so it could very well be someone's apartment in that yeah. building. Or it, it could, could be nonsense. Well be some... Yes. Or it could be not existing. But I wouldn't be surprised if it was a real apartment address of somebody associated with this could be. Uh, scam. I mean, I got to give them some props in that. I would associate like it with membership... somebody else. <laughs> yes, if I were them, I would too. But they obviously <laughs> did a lot of things wrong here. I mean,. Some of the things, I mean, like the way they have the layout here for the like different membership plans with the check marks mm-hmm. or whatever, that looks that looks like something you'd see on a real service. Sure. However, and, and you know, when it says things like uh, connect Alexa or Google Home to send help using juice your voice. On the other hand, little things like they colored the welcome to safe dating matters with the word, the welcome is the same is black on a, on a dark background. Uh Uh-huh. So that's because not all the sites uh, have a dark background. Oh, so they just use the same thing. Right. Okay. So (laughs) it's just the hero images that are different. Other than that, right down to the membership plans, it's the exact same images. Also, I want to know, for example, helping victims register and donate 50% of the payments to Harassment Victims Community Foundation. I want to know if that's a legit, that's a real organization. Where, where do you see that? Uh, okay, I'm looking at Safe Dating Matters. Sorry, oh, folks, for right. watching this live. You might you might also look at this, but I'm going to do it in incognito browser because I have no idea. This is clearly <laughs> a scam. But... Um, if you go down to the Why Choose Us section in the middle of the page, on the homepage? it says Helping or Victims. The membership plan. Yes. Okay. No, the, the homepage. Okay. Uh, helping Victims register and donate 50% to the payments of Harassment Victims Community Foundation, HVCF. Okay. So here's what's interesting. What are the chances that's a legit charity? I have, I have encountered that name before. I have, I flagged that. Um, Sorry, my light is going on and off in the office. Uh, I flagged that somewhere. Oh, I just found a new. I just found a new article that I've not encountered before about this because of that. Right, there's one that says grinder users targeted by scammers claiming to be victims of. Right, so the websites will be generated. An organization which does not exist. Right. So, uh, right. So, a site called Pink News Co. UK yeah. says that Harassment Victims Community Foundation does not exist. And I have to say, 
Googling it, I don't see a harassment victims community foundation. All I see are other sites probably run by the same people saying that they get 50% of Uh the payments to harassment victims community foundation, which I don't even know what harassment victims community foundation would do if they existed. Yeah. Right. Exactly. That (laughs) that's interesting. I, I missed that. Um, when I was doing the research on this, um, Otherwise, I would have come across this Pick News article. Interesting. So this has been... That particular fake fund has been around since at least... Oh, interestingly, that was published November 12th, 2019. So just over two years. Um, so something else has been has been using that as part of its scam for at least two years. Now, here's the thing. Uh, one of the domains that I have listed... Uh, LGBT safety security system.com. Uh, that one is that one is slightly different than all of the other ones. It's fave icon is different um, than all the other ones. It's got a blue icon instead of a green one. And its email address is at Outlook, not at Gmail. And it's not the same as the domain. Uh, and it's got the year 2018 in it. Uh, so it actually lets us know how long that's been running. <laughs> My my final thought on my final thought on this is: uh, Have you ever seen the movie Amazon Women on the Moon? No, but okay. I feel like I need to. Okay, hilarious, hilarious movie from the eighties. Okay, uh, it was a bunch of vignettes. Uh, it was just a bunch of really funny vignettes. The framing story of the Amazon Women on the Moon actually has very little to do with the movie. It's so okay. There are all these little like funny vignettes and one of them which i'm sure is on youtube somewhere so i will send it to you is with steve gutenberg and rosanna arquette and steve guten and steve gutenberg calls up rosanna arquette for a date and she's like before we go out though i need to your driver's license and a major credit card and she goes and she calls this service up that's called like find a creep or something like that (laughs) and it sends her a fax of like all the so things that that, it, that have happened on his previous dates or whatever with people, and so it's he's like, oh, I thought we had something really special here, and she's like, according to the facts, you've said that fifty times. Uh, <laughs> do you remember this person? You had you had you had a date with her, and you never called her again. Like oh. it's like a whole record of his of his dating life. So when I see this, it makes me think of that skit. Uh, so there's where an epi- somehow. So there's an episode yeah. of Boston legal that has a very similar plot, except that uh, they are uh, defending or they're the, the prosecution for, um, for somebody who was wrongly accused of something on a site, like a crowdsourcing, a Yelp style site for dating. <laughs> So, I mean, the, the the idea of checking up on somebody ahead of time has always existed, even before the internet, right? You'd you'd oftentimes be set up or whatever. You there were ways to contact people and call around and and do sleuthing. Obviously, Google and Facebook and Twitter and things have made things a little easier. Uh, this is this scam is all about trying to pretend that they've made it even a little easier. So. The takeaway is um, uh, 
it doesn't matter whether it's a mobile app or a website or what it is, right? New platforms and being an early adopter to things comes with some responsibility. If you've never heard of the platform and you're not ready or not willing to go do a ton of research on it before signing up, then you should not be an early adopter to platforms because so many of them are this. There are, you know, at some point, Facebook was six members, right? But uh, but there were ways to check that. The, the early members all knew each other and it grew out naturally. The early adopters had to do research. They had to find Zuckerberg himself or one of their friends who had talked to him before it gained traction. So just if you don't know the platform, you have to you have to look it up and uh, and and do your due diligence. If there's no information on it, you probably don't want to be an early adopter. That's and it doesn't matter what the platform is. We've talked about uh, you know apps that ask for too much information on a mobile device and and things like that. But you know this this really uh, can get can get scary and get scary real quick. This week's DRM Not Included in F5 Live is proudly powered by Amazon Prime. You know you get free shipping on millions of products, but you get a lot more than that. You get free music with Amazon Prime Music, free TV, movies, and documentary with Amazon Prime Video, free games, and a free Twitch subscription, which you can use to support the content creator of your choice with Amazon Prime Gaming, and a whole lot more. We have got quick links to these features and more. And we have a 30-day free trial, if you're not already a member, all by going to f5live.tv slash Prime. All right, so we're going to talk about an Amazon company, Twitch, which you might be watching us on right now. Um, so we've talked about Twitch a lot over the last couple of years. They've had some issues. Um, uh, Avram did a pilch point a while back on the harassment issues that take place um, on the platform. It's not exclusive to Twitch. YouTube gaming, Facebook gaming have had their own issues. Um, but there's sp something special about the toxicity that happens on Twitch. Um, and so the company has tried to do things to mitigate that. A lot of it has been traditional uh, anti-harassment stuff, dictionary lookups and things like that. Um, but... There are some content moderation. You can be banned from from uh, a channel, either just from chat or from the channel altogether. Um, but, of course, with what is called a sock puppet account, uh, it's real easy to get back in. All you do is exactly what we were talking about uh, a moment ago. You go create a Gmail account. Uh, you use that Gmail account over on Twitch to create a new Twitch account. And then you start chatting and being a jerk again until you get banned, and then you do it again. Uh, so Amazon slash Twitch decided they were going to take on the sock puppet problem. Uh, and so there's a new flag within the system that is called the ban evasion flag. This is available in the console as well as uh, in the API. Uh, and the way it works is there are basically three, three states. It's an enum. The first is none. 
all is good, we're fine. The next is possible. A possible ban evader uh, will be flagged in chat, uh, but their chat will be posted to the room. But for a content moderator or a content creator, what I see over here on this, on this laptop, on this screen during the show, is different than what you see as a viewer. I've got all kinds of information, and I get a big eye, uh, like an eyeball, next to um, somebody whose ban evasion uh, is set to possible. So I can keep an eye on them and make sure that they are not a problem. And if they are, we can mark them as a ban evader, um, and then they get, they get muted. Now, if you're a likely ban evader, it's inverted. Your chats don't get published um, automatically, but I still get notified that you're there. Um, and I can then say, no, 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 that person's fine and flip them back to being a normal member. But they're not immediately punished uh, except for being muted and, and moderated um, if they're a likely ban evader. This is a really great feature. Um, I've been watching a lot of channels over the last couple of days. Alante and I were watching uh, one of his favorite streamers the other day. And he started to explain what it was. After I had published this article, uh, he had ex explained what it was because he got his first one. He got his first uh, eyeball uh, show up in the chat moderation, letting him know that there was somebody in there that might be a problem. Was a likely, uh, so they were muted by default. It seems to be working okay. Of course, with any AI, uh, it needs to be trained. They've been training it uh, off-system, um, and now based on how people interact with it, how content creators, you and I, Avram, uh, G4, you know, whoever, uh, the way they interact with it and, uh, and maintain moderation will only make it better over time. So I think this is a great new feature, personally. I think it's good. I'd love to know better how it, how it determines who they think is likely. Uh-huh. I would imagine IP but, address uh, factors into it somewhere. There's probably some sort of cookies uh, being tracked. That, and then obviously other stuff behind the scenes that they're not going to talk about because they don't want us to know how it works so that we can't yeah, then you could get around it. it easier. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, so it's the, yeah, I mean, it's the curse of open source, right? As soon as something is open source, I can find out how it works and figure out how to get around things. So they don't so, want to hit that what i'd like to know though from twitch and you know i haven't checked on the status of this in the last few months but as of maybe i don't know six months ago i was still seeing a lot of complaints about about hate speech and the complaints were some of the complaints were not just hey there's hate speech and people are like hate speech bombing uh streamers but that that they didn't feel that uh, the moderation, the humans doing the moderation, you know, the humans who are charged with enforcing the rules were being responsive. Yeah. Uh, they weren't, you know, they'd file a complaint on someone and then they wouldn't hear back from, um, they wouldn't hear back from Twitch when the, uh, I don't know, the case was uh, resolved. Like, uh -huh. did, you know, 
did you actually look at this? Did you actually ban this person? Did you actually yeah. give them, a, I don't know what, a warning? Whatever it is, like that stuff. So it was never transparent to folks, like what yeah. is going on, when are, if it, it feels like stuff is just going, you know, into the void when they were filing complaints. And so, I mean, that's not a good way to operate. I understand that it requires a significant human resource. Look, right. the thing, I think you can say this almost universally, Com the thing that all companies hate is content moderation. They yep. hate it. It's an incredible, like Facebook hates it. Uh, Twitter hates it. Uh, I've been part of companies that had chat rooms and forums and things like that. And nobody likes content moderation. Nobody yeah. likes it. Nobody likes to do it. Why? I, I don't mean necessarily no human beings like to do it. They, right. I mean, human beings probably don't like to do it either, but like companies don't like it because it is a significant to do it correctly or even to do it incorrectly uh, requires a lot of humans. Yes. And, and that is, and it is not something that generates money in any right. way. Right. It's just a like, cost. It, it's a pure cost. Now, you could argue, as I would, that your brand reputation matters, and this yeah. is part of a brand reputation. But I think most companies in the world, in most industries, like things that they can put a a dollar on, um, value on, and you yeah. cannot put a dollar value on moderation, but you can put a cost on it. Here are all the people that we had to employ to do this. Oh, and we're going to make people upset. Because some of the people that we ban are going to think that we shouldn't have banned them. Yep. So, if comp a lot of times, I think if companies had their druthers, they would rather it be the wild west, because it's because having human moderators is very labor intensive. Mm -hmm. You make nobody happy, yeah. and you spend a lot of money. So, you know that that those. Those are the, those are the problems, and right. it's good that they are providing more tools to the the people who really are invested in moderating, which are yeah. the people running the channels. Right. But ultimately, and the, you're and the not moderators going, that they that they uh, appoint. Right. But ultimately, you're not going to solve the like hate speech problem and the harassment problems uh, unless there are serious bans at on the user across the service right right uh it's just it it's nice that they are kind of trying to detect uh sock puppet accounts uh that's good but they need to take a stronger stand to get people off the service yeah. but once again they don't want it costs money it's not even necessarily that they're happy to have you know, bigots on the service or something. Right. It's just that the cost of the figuring out who is one and getting them off is uh, is very expensive. Right. And they ought to pay it, but I don't think a lot of companies want to pay it. Yeah, and and on on your earlier your earlier point, uh, Twitch has a transparency problem, not just here, right? Yes. 
they are not transparent. They're not communicative about things like resolutions to to complaints from content creators. But we had a whole we had a whole episode, uh, uh, a whole DRM not included, where we talked about um, that they started to get DMCA requests and they panicked, ah, and just started to delete stuff. Um, without communicating anything to the to the content creators, and just all of a sudden, you know, videos are missing from their channel, and they're like, "I don't know what just happened. Uh, all of my views are gone. I I don't know how many views I had on that clip. Ah, too bad, it's gone." Um, until it's they came back later, it's very disrespectful to the creators. Like, oh, sorry, we we deleted those because there was a DMCA request, and uh, we forgot to we didn't tell you, and it was. It was hundreds of thousands of videos got deleted. All in just like one boom overnight. Very disrespectful. Yeah. To their to the people who are making the money. Yeah, absolutely. And in some cases a lot of money, because we saw uh the Twitch got hacked and that information got out. So in that case yeah. they were accidentally uh over transparent, but <laughs> um but yeah. <laughs> they got <laughs> The company generally has a transparency issue um, that I think they need to deal with first. They don't want to tell anybody anything. They don't communicate well at all. I think they need to deal with that. Um, but the fact that they are giving the content creators the ability to to uh, keep track of things on their own. Uh, and, you know, if they can train this this AI well, they might be able to apply it further up, right? Not just at the at the channel level, which is where it exists now, but they could apply it to, uh, to, to sock puppet accounts that are being, that are being created when there's a server ban, when there's a, a, a service termination, as opposed to just a channel ban. Um, maybe they're using this to train it stronger before they start to try to implement that kind of thing. Um, but it's, it's definitely an interesting technology. I think it's a great step forward. Um, because, I have also been, I, DDR Lover had a forum that we ended up shutting down because of the harassment that uh, people were getting and then that we were getting for dealing with it. We're just like, you know what? Forum gone uh, uh, years ago now. Uh, so yeah, I, I know how, how hard it is as well. And it, it can be emotionally straining <laughs> for the people who are doing it because people start to come at you with personal attacks and that doesn't make it better. Um, because obviously they're already uh, amped up people because they're being abusive in the first place and now they're turning that abuse on you, which makes it hard to, to deal with, which is why we shut down the whole forum in the first place. But yeah, it's, it's all, it's all terrible. <laughs> But it's good that uh, that Twitch is is giving content creators uh, some control over what's going on. Well, that is our show. We went a little long tonight because our our uh, news from the tubes topic was a little more detailed than usual. Uh, but that's okay. Um, important information kind of across the board tonight. Uh, we've got some things coming up. Obviously, CES is coming up. I cannot believe in just a couple of weeks um, we will be 
we will be live all four days from our tower overlooking what used to be called the sands that now has a new name and i don't remember what it is um we will be live before it we will be live after it we've got lots of content coming if you want to help uh support our ces coverage we've got a store of all kinds of um our ces 2022 uh branded stuff not the ces but our our branded stuff um that we're really excited about it's it's super cool uh plughitslive.com slash ces slash shop uh there's also plughits live uh and f5 live stuff uh on this on the shop as well uh and there's some pilch point stuff coming uh soon we've also got some some other products uh in the works so all kinds of stuff coming to that shop um super excited about that we've got a great team uh we've got some special things planned as well for the early content uh if you find play kids live on youtube uh and join us over there you'll get all of the interviews ahead of everybody else which is really exciting because uh, that's all brand new for us uh so yeah i think that's what we've got going on uh next sunday uh we have a drew project uh fundraiser happening so hopefully we can push the show to monday again next week um uh we will be doing some some stuff from the drew project event but uh there's music involved so we can't do a lot uh because of what we just talked about with Twitch. But anyway, uh, on behalf of the staff that's not here, I'm Scott. I'm Abram. And we'll see you back next time. Ciao.